Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And today, I hope you hear this conversation with Jane Mo. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, she, if you haven't listened to the last episode with Junior, <laughs> I'm going to suggest that you go listen to it. And I feel like this one will be uh, of greater value if you have that um, listened to before listening to this. So um, Jane Mo is here. Thank you for Hello. being here. <laughs> so um, before we get into uh, the... Because this is, again, going to be the conversational format before we get into our conversations. I, I did want to touch on um, your profession because I think as an Asian American, I think you're very you're in a very unique place. Um, so if you don't mind, can you just explain to us a little bit about what you do, where you work? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, um, hi I'm Jane, if you don't know me. Um, I'm a video producer for Gannett. Um, Gannett owns the flagship USA Today and 109 local properties across um, America. So Wait, I'm... Is it Gannett? Yeah, Gannett is the parent company oh, of right, USA Today. That. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I um, work for USA Today Network um, in the video production center department. That's so cool. So does that mean you make videos? Are, are you the person making videos? Yes, for that's segments? the simplest way to put it. Oh, does it? What What does your average day look like? Are you going out oh, chasing gosh. leads or? No. Um. So basically, I'm trying to find um, the trending stories, breaking news, um, the best videos of the day, essentially, and um, from there we script it out, and then we find the elements for the videos, and then we build it out, and then we. Uh, we try to figure out how to socialize it, where to put it in the stories. Um, that's kind of what it is in a nutshell. Wow. So it's you're not only making the videos, but you're also kind of marketing them as well. Yeah. To fit. Yeah. And we have a whole team that helps us with that. But it's mm-hmm. just trying to coordinate with them to see where the videos need to go. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Is that why? So on your Insta story recently, you were playing with like Play-Doh, Slime, <laughs> and Putty. Is it, was that part of... Yeah, so um, today was a fun day. We got to um, play with Play-Doh because they released five new types of Play-Doh. So we'll have a lot of days where um, people will send us PR packaging. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for example, Monopoly sent us their newest game, Miss Monopoly. (laughs) And so um, it's up to us if we think it'll make a good video, if it's going to be engaging enough. We Mm -hmm. get to, like, play with the products and shoot and edit that um, for a video. Yeah, someone told me about Miss Monopoly. Can you explain that <laughs> concept? Because it was fascinating. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, so Monopoly kind of marketed this game with the slogan, the first game where women make more than men. Mm. And so it's uh, women make more than men in this Monopoly game. Um, you make more in the start. Um, every time you pass go, you make more money. Mm. And um, each board space is an invention made by a woman. So it's just very like woman focused um but it was we thought it would do very well on social Mm -hmm. like people will click on it so yeah (laughs) so can i ask you about that yeah as a woman how does how does that make you feel do you feel empowered by that game or i thought it was a little cheesy i saw what they were trying to do um (laughs) i brought it to connor and selena's house and connor was like it would be so sad if you still lost (laughs) at this game (laughs) Um, but I mean, I, I like the ode to women inventors. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know women made Wi-Fi or like a, a lot of other things. Mm. But um, I don't know. I think I think it's kind of like it's just a little cheesy for yeah. my taste. So I, I like the idea that all the was it the, all the properties. are Yeah, like the board ch- spaces. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like that idea. Yeah. But the fact that they're giving an advantage to a specific person, like for the only reason being is your gender. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting to me. I feel like yeah. it's counter to what they're actually trying to do, right? Because mm-hmm. they're trying to say that obviously it's a commentary on gender uh, wage gap. Yeah. But to go the other way, like, I don't know if that to me, I mean, I, I guess I don't, I can't really have an opinion because I'm a guy, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, like the slogan like all of our office, which is full of men and women, uh-huh. looked at the slogan and was like, like <laughs> kind of missed the mark a little. Yeah. But I mean, we get what they're trying to do. But okay, yeah. I, I just remembered something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you this question, but we might need to remove this. We might need to edit this out. Okay, no problem. So just let me know. But um, I remember Jonathan, our friend Jonathan mm-hmm. Choi, he posted on Insta Story about a 
discount code for the Atlanta <laughs> Atlanta Hawks, the basketball yeah, team, right? Yeah, yeah. But the discount code was Asian.、Mm-hmm. And later he posted another Insta story saying,、mm-hmm. "Oh, the code got revoked." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I asked him about it. I said, "Hey, do you think it's because they thought it was racist or something?"、Mm-hmm. But he thought his speculation was you had asked him about it,、mm-hmm. and so <laughs> something like when when the news got involved, the, whoever dis- was distributing、mm-hmm. that discount code got scared and they they backstepped. Is that,、um, is that no? So I did ask about it because、uh-huh. I thought it was very distasteful. Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of asked him about it.、Um, I asked our sports people about it, but it, it didn't go nowhere. Like,、mm. so the NBA never found out that like we had our hands on it.、Mm-hmm. It was kind of like hold for release in a sense of like if. Um, trying to figure out like why they did this. Is there like an Asian heritage night?、Um, mm-hmm. But as soon as we were kind of like in the process of trying to figure out this story, I saw Jonathan's like、uh, thing, and he was like, "It's gone." Yeah. So I was like, "Okay,、yeah. maybe some other news station." Maybe, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, you know that was. It just yeah, it just baffled me. Yeah. The fact that they would do that. Yeah. Was like I don't even really understand what they were trying to do. Was the Tickets only meant for Asians, or like I have, I have no idea. I know Jonathan, like one of my friends who used to work in sports, said that you have had to sign up or something to get those tickets. It's not just like available for anybody,、mm-hmm. so there needed to be some sort of like sign up or something. But yeah, I don't, I have, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad that they, they took it off. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and, and and another thing. So the reason why. The specific reason why I wanted to bring up your profession is because there was a movie that came out not too long ago, Crazy Rich Asians, and it was the first movie in what like forty years to feature an all、mm-hmm. Asian cast、yeah. with like Asian directors and all that,、yeah. right? And at the time, you wrote、uh, an article, and I, I just learned before this podcast that's not your main job focus, <laughs> right? You're a video producer, so、yeah. you don't typically write. But、yeah. uh, for this instance, you you did write about. Um, the the movie and、mm-hmm. it's kind of impact on you. Yeah. So、uh, can can you just kind of summarize what you were talking about in that article? Yeah.、Um, so we had to find basically the、um, network wanted to find an Asian journalist、mm-hmm. to write about this kind of like groundbreaking movie. You know, it's been the first movie since Joylet Club.、Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm one of the few Asian American journalists in the newsroom, and so I happened to just be. Available that day,、um, and I went to go see it. And they didn't want me to review it because we have TV, we have TV critics, we have movie critics、mm-hmm. in our company for that. But it's just more of like, how did it make you feel as an Asian American woman watching that movie?、Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just kind of like my experience through it. And、um, yes, like kind of a movie review, but more of like what it meant to me、mm-hmm. at the time. So I just kind of talk about. Um, what it was like to watch about it being、um, having both Korean and American inside of me. Yeah, I I think my favorite line from that article is when you said, "For so long I felt like I lived in between the hyphen."、Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know if I got the right words quite right, <laughs>、yeah. but、um, that really struck me、mm-hmm. uh, because I I think all of us Asian Americans struggle with what part of our identity we want to identify、yeah. with more.、Um, so being a、uh, Asian cast in what is an American-produced movie,、mm-hmm. I think was for me personally like representative of my identity. So I I really resonated with it. Yeah.、Uh, but how how has the reception been for your article? Have, have people given you feedback? You? Yeah. Um. It was actually really overwhelming to, you know, people. You know, because USA Today is a national network, and、mm-hmm. seeing it getting tweeted out and. Seeing it being retweeted by a lot of Asian girls who,、mm-hmm. you know, like will quote something that I wrote in the article and say that they can resonate with it.、Mm-hmm. It was very like, I don't know, just nice to know that like it touched people, and I also was able to somehow represent them in this like small little piece、yeah. of how it might have been received by the public and why it was so important for certain people.、Mm-hmm. Um, So that was really cool to see. Yeah. yeah, and I think also people really enjoyed it as well, is because it's a telling of our story,、mm-hmm. right? The, I mean, the movie is about Asian Americans or I guess Asians,、mm-hmm. but they're kind of social economically. Yeah, they're there, like in、right? a different area. <laughs> yeah, we can't relate to that. Yeah, at all.、Um, but、uh, 
Yeah, just the fact that there's someone in the newsroom out there、mm-hmm. writing stories about. When I first read it, that's that's kind of how I、mm. felt. And yeah, so thank you for writing that article. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Thank、um, you. Did did the movie creators did, did they ever like reach out to you about that article?、Um, John Chu actually retweeted the article. Wow. Yeah. So that was really、awesome. cool. Yeah.、Wow. And are you verified on Twitter as well? Because <laughs> you're verified on Instagram. <laughs> yes. The only、I. person that I know. <laughs> yes, I, I have like a hundred followers, and I'm verified. <laughs> <laughs> well, why is that? Well, how do you、um, get your verification? So basically, we I'm I have to consistently reach out to use videos to use images. Like、mm-hmm. for example, let's say a plane crash happened、mm-hmm. um, in the middle of nowhere. Then the only footage that we're going to be able to get is what people are taking. That's called user generated content,、mm-hmm. and that's how most people are getting like their news now.、Mm-hmm. People are already doing it for them. Yeah. But you know when like some random person's like, "Hey, I'm with USA Today. Check your messages." It's kind of like a little sketchy,、mm. and so、um, a lot of the times the network will go through the process of verifying certain journalists who like do that a lot,、um, just so that you know when you see the blue check, you know that it's legitimate and you're gonna like respond a little faster.、Mm. But that's solely the purpose.、Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, do you have to pay those people to use their videos or? Um, so USA Today does not have a licensing policy.、Mm-hmm. Um, we have partners with other、um, third-party people that do that might do the licensing on our behalf. But、um, if they're asking for monetary compensation, we usually just don't say anything. We're just we just we have to just let that go. Or、mm-hmm. most of the time, I'm kind of going back and forth with them and like kind of telling them why they should share it. Oh, yeah.、So、when you say let it go, is, does that mean you're just not going to use that video? Yeah, we can't at that、mm-hmm. point if they're asking for money. Yeah.、Oh, interesting. Yeah.、Oh. But let's say that someone posted it on YouTube.、Mm-hmm. Is that fair for you to just pull, or do you still have to? No, get- we have to. We have to clarify three legal questions with them because because we're such a big company.、Mm-hmm. Um, what's happening right now is, let's say you post a really funny video of your baby,、mm-hmm. and. These licensing companies are going to come to you and be like, "Hey, for、um, every time this company uses your video, like you're going to make money off of it. Can you license it to us?" And then you're not the rights of that video anymore.、Mm-hmm. Like some other company owns the rights to it.、Mm-hmm. You're going to make money off of it, but so is the company. But those companies will go around copyright striking other companies that might take the video without having full legal permission、oh, to use it.、Uh-huh. Like that's a whole other business by itself right、wow. now. Yeah. So.、Um, When we're reaching out for stuff, it's not just like, "Hey, can I use your video?" Like, "Yes, thanks." It's like, "Hey, did you take this video? Do you have rights to it? Can you grant USA Today to use it digitally on air?" And like, there's a bunch of stuff that goes on with it. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Because、oh. I always, I always thought that these news segments they just went on YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> click and drag. No, because you ha- also have to verify it because people will like post fake stuff、mm. or like you know it's it's a whole process. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, let me ask you. This might be controversial, but how much verification? Like, how in today's news cycle, with news happening so fast,、mm-hmm. and whoever reports it first is kind of the winner, right? How how serious is the verification process, or how extensive is it? It is、um, life or death in the newsroom,、oh. and I think a lot of people think.、Um, News networks are kind of just like it's a competition. It's who gets it out first,、mm-hmm. which is kind of true.、Mm-hmm. But if you get it wrong, you are on the cusp of losing your job. And I think、wow. that's what people don't get. Like we、mm. can't just make up stuff because before I send something out, I have at least two people looking at it. I have a senior producer who is verifying my script、mm. and fact checking it and asking me where I got the information. And then I have another producer who reviews my whole video and looks for any errors, and so it's kind of frustrating when I hear, you know, even from my friends who will say like, "Oh, like, you know, the news angled it this way, or like the news is just making up stuff."、Mm-hmm. It's like we can't; we'll lose our job.、Mm-hmm. Like, we have nothing to stand for if we do that stuff, you know.、Mm-hmm. And so the verification process is super lengthy.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh wow! I'm glad I asked because <laughs> I actually I'm I used to be、mm-hmm. up until this moment <laughs> one, of, one of those people who who said oh these news people they kind of report on whatever they want yeah for well, sure but oh it's, hey guys this that's a real golden nugget that we just got here you can <laughs> relax a little bit you don't have to always be conspiracy theorists thinking that news are like news people are out there 
uh, mm-hmm. yeah, trying to push their agenda. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, people have made terrible mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of why people might think that news is quote unquote fake, because mm-hmm. that's like the word right now. Yeah. Um, it's if you turn on any like national news network, it's a panel of people sharing their opinions, you mm-hmm. know, and um, that's not that's not facts. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people will take that and kind of be like, oh, look at what they're doing. Um, but yeah, the verification process is intense uh, in the newsroom. Oh, that's good yeah. to know. That makes me that makes me feel safer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad it does. <laughs> okay, so h- how does it feel? So you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier with the the Crazy Rich Asians article, mm-hmm. but how does it feel being the one of the only a few handful of Asian American journalists? Mm, I feel really lucky and really burdensome. Burdensome mm-hmm. in the sense of I feel like. I need to represent a, a lot of things in the newsroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my eyes will gravitate towards stories that have Asian people in it. Or even like when I pick stock footage for videos, I'm looking to put an Asian face in it too, mm-hmm. not just white people. And it's like the little things that if you don't have diversity in the workplace, like you're not thinking about, you know. Right. Um, so in that place, I feel kind of burden but also lucky because i get to share and i get to tell people like hey this is important to this group or Mm -hmm. hey this is big news over in this country um like when this is so stupid but when pokemon um when ash became the uh master nobody in my newsroom was talking about it (laughs) but in my mind i'm like oh my gosh this is such big news because this was my childhood you know and i was asking like the people around me and they were like is it that big of a deal and i'm like this is 20 years in the making guys (laughs) like (laughs) and so we ended up doing a video about it but like it's the little nuances that like yeah, it's why diversity is so important because you have different eyes on things and different perspective on things that you might not consider mm-hmm. important. Wow. So USA Today would not have uh, reported on that if you hadn't suggested it? Yeah. That's, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. So th- you must have you must have a lot of say in what story gets reported on and, and not. Right? Um, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. I have to pitch to the USA Today reporters mm-hmm. to write an article. Um, but sometimes I just do it without them mm-hmm. because I have I have the liberty to make videos that I think that'll do well because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of in a role right now where I pick videos that will blow up for USA Today. Mm-hmm. So like get millions of views for our social media platforms. Mm-hmm. But like, for example, when the Sudan massacre was happening, um, none of our international news people covered it at all um and it was really disheartening but it's simply because people don't click on international Mm. news um but you know for me it was it was monumental it was really important for me to cover it um because i had just learned about it and i didn't even know Mm -hmm. about it and Mm -hmm. so um, i just went ahead and made a video (laughs) that's awesome because you know when that happened i found out about it Mm -hmm. through other people's like tweets or instagram posts Mm -hmm. i I tried looking it up in a lot of a lot of the major news platforms and i couldn't find it like yeah well i would have to dig like i would have to go into like the international section like Mm -hmm. scroll through a few things yeah it's but it should have been like headline news yeah in my opinion right definitely but like this is the other like tension in the newsroom Mm. we write based on what people care about Mm. and like a lot of the times people will be like why aren't you covering x y and z Mm -hmm. but it's like if you look at because we literally have systems in place that show how many people are in articles and how what articles have done well for that month Mm -hmm. they're not in those articles they're in like a kim kardashian article or they're Mm -hmm. in like you know something that they're genuinely interested in Mm -hmm. but they're not gonna admit that in you know in public um but a lot of numbers and analytics drive what we spend time on right because why would you want to write something and invest your time in something that a lot of people might not click on Mm -hmm. um obviously we cover the things that we need to cover but um yeah there's just always a tension between what we'll do well and what we need to Mm -hmm. cover so that's kind of like that's almost like you guys have your own form of youtube algorithm that selects what people want to look at and watch and learn about right Mm -hmm. because that 
to me, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, how sometimes we get stuck in these echo chambers because mm-hmm. we'll read up on one thing and suddenly your entire newsfeed is about that one thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. from that specific like perspective as well. So you're kind of in this mentality of everyone must be talking about this because this is all I'm seeing. But really, mm-hmm. it's just based on your viewing, I guess, preference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... So you're only kind of talking to you and the people that have the same interests or same beliefs and Mm -hmm. views as you. And And it's just like two circles, just like, you know. Right. And since the audience for USA Today is people in the USA, it's international news. I I guess that's the reason why it doesn't get as much attention as it should. Because Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a news network in America and... It takes a lot for people to care. Yeah. Like even if a shooting were to happen in another state, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't care. Oh yeah. yeah even because yeah. if they do, the number has to be high. Like there needs to be certain things for people to care, and it's just because mm-hmm. we've grown callous. Because it, a lot of bad stuff happens a lot of places. So yeah. it's kind of like, why should I divert my attention to this specific thing happening, hmm. thousands and thousands of miles away from me? I wonder how they used to do it before they could gather this data when newspapers were just printed on actual paper because mm-hmm. i'm assuming they didn't really know what people were looking at or reading about right yeah i wonder if they had a different way different i have no idea yeah. that's a good that's a good point because yeah. that makes me then think what it was it easier for people to report on things that were actually meaningful or was it easier for people to report on things that only they cared about mm. and so like you know with like newspapers or news companies driving their own agenda yeah. i don't know just, mm. just a thought to ponder for you guys for you <laughs> listeners out there you, can pon- you don't have the answer we're just thinking about this <laughs> so how did you get into this did you study journalism in college yeah um so i have a bachelor's degree in digital and broadcast journalism so how did you decide to major in that in the first place <laughs> so i was actually an early childhood education major coming into georgia mm-hmm. um but I had always been interested in writing. Mm. Um, language arts was always like the class I loved the most. Mm-hmm. And um, during orientation, I had gone to a journalism section and I signed my name thinking it was like a sign up sheet. And then I sat in the journalism orientation thinking I just wanted to see what the journalism major was like. But I had accidentally switched my major over during that time. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, but like. The first two years is kind of like the same for everyone. So I was just like, whatever. Um, and I don't know if it was like maybe my true inner desire to do journalism or just like just literally laziness. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't switch and I took my first journalism class and I fell in love. Like everything I learned was so fun and so challenging. And um yeah, that's how I got into it. Wow, so you you thought you were just sitting in on like an info session. Yeah, exactly. But you I switched my major. changed the trajectory of your entire <laughs> life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that was the right choice? Yeah. I'm looking back. Yeah, I absolutely love my job. Mm. Like um and I'm I'm really grateful for it cuz I know it's hard to find like I know we talk a lot about I know you talked about this with Chini like the passion and career mm-hmm. tension but like um, I'm thankful that I have it in the same realm. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, okay, now that you mentioned Junie, I was actually, oh uh, the plan <laughs> was to just not mention Junie <laughs> at all. But <laughs> now, that, now that he's been brought up, uh-huh. I, I know uh, he talked about you being in Colorado mm-hmm. and St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did, what did you do there? Was that for USA Today? Was that for a different company? Or? Um, no, so I was with Tegna, and Tegna owns um, Channel 11 here in mm-hmm. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, I was in something called the Producer Development Program. It's not an internship, Chuni, <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically to... You're right, Chuni. <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically to set you up to be a part of the company. Mm-hmm. But you're fresh out of college, so they're going to want to train you and just see what you're made out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for six months, I was with Nine News in Denver, Colorado. And it was like one of the best experiences of my life working with some of like the best journalists in America. Wow. Um, was that was that like video producing? Related? No. Um, so there I worked as a web producer. So okay. I was writing articles a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And then after that, I got hired at St. Louis, Missouri. Um, 
I worked at a station called KSDK um, for two months and <laughs> and it was um, an interesting experience yeah. to say it. the least. Um, so this was my first time living alone. Mm -hmm. um, in college, I had roommates. Even in Colorado, I had roommates. Um, but this was the first time I was living alone in a city I didn't really know much about and I should have done some research before going. Um, but it's like ranked number one murder rate per capita um, in the U.S. Wow. Um, Wait, St. Louis the city is? Yeah. Oh, wow. And so it was just kind of, you know, but when you hear that, it's like, what does that even like look like or mean? Right. <laughs> um, but I lived in like the heart of the city and I remember like the first week I was there. And this is the thing with, with news you're writing the bad stuff and like you're getting all the police reports and like things that the public isn't gonna go out of their way to mm -hmm. see um so i remember like the first week i was there there was a girl outside of my bus station that was like beaten up by a hammer and was like almost kidnapped and then they started to find um, human remains burnt human remains like 10 minutes away from me like in three different spots Oh my god! And so I was like freaking out because I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna die! Like I'm gonna die here!" And obviously, this was very like um, unrealistic. Mm. Like I, I was safe, mm. and I, I had I met a bunch of people who lived there, and they were totally fine just going about their lives. But it paralyzed me. I would wait like five minutes in my building to see like who's going by my car and things like that. And I was mm. just so petrified because I was literally working in local news. I knew what crime happened in what street at what time um consistently i would look at crime maps all the time and so i was just like hyper aware of all the activities that were going around um like i remember like i was sitting at a birthday what it was like a dinner with um church friends that i met in st louis mm -hmm. and we we're all sitting there and i was like oh my gosh someone was shot across the street two wow. nights ago and they're just like what is wrong with you <laughs> Um, but it was just not good for my mental or emotional health. I was like in a really bad place there. I even moved out to the suburbs, um, when I was in there. St. Louis? Yeah. Okay. But that didn't help either. I was just always constantly paranoid. Um, not, not bashing on St. Louis at all. Like St. Louis is a beautiful city with a lot of history, but I think I was just, it was a lot of firsts for me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just decided that from then on maybe local news wasn't the best thing for my mm -hmm. health because mm -hmm. i didn't want to know my community in that way right. um so i got this like amazing opportunity at usa today um so i came back home after like a couple months mm. and do you think that had anything so i'm trying to remember the timeline of you and chuni dating <laughs> did it have because you guys were kind of dating at the time when you moved to... Or were you dating? When you we were dating. dating. Okay. We were dating. Do you, do you think that had anything to do with it? The fact that your boyfriend was so far away? Um, Not really. I mean, I was, I was definitely trying to go back home at mm. a certain point because mm -hmm. for me, it was like, oh, I know this is the guy I want to do life with. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah i wasn't like in a rush to go home or anything i was like i gotta do what i gotta do and then mm -hmm. go home and like there's like a thing with journalism where um all the cities are ranked in market order mm -hmm. so like number one is new york number two is i think la and like when you're fresh out of college you work like the hundreds market like augusta and like kind of smaller cities mm -hmm. and then you kind of work your way up and so like at my age there was like no way I was going to come back home because I was like, there's no way I can get a job in Atlanta. Mm. Um, what Do you remember what number Atlanta was? Atlanta is like, I want to say six, seven or eight oh, around wow. there. Oh, we made the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Not Atlanta>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just kept thinking there was no way back home. Mm. So I'm just going to stick it out. Um but yeah, a door mm. open for me. Uh, so are people that in your office, are they transplants from other cities or are they mostly local um, Atlanta people? It's a good mix of mm. people, mm -hmm. but I would say more Atlanta-based people. How do they pronounce Atlanta? Atlanta. They don't say Atlanta? Mm-mm. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, I actually didn't realize that we did that for the longest really? time. Really? There's like someone who made a shirt and I was yeah. reading it. I was like, it's pronounced Atlanta. And I was like, yeah, it is pronounced Atlanta. 
what's the thing? Like, what's he trying to say? And then someone had to point out to me, the T is an N. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't even, it's, it's so second nature to me. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, that was a random question. <laughs> just wanted to ask. But, so, um, another thing I'm actually really dying to ask you. Up, up until this moment, I was debating whether or not I wanted to get into this. Yeah. But I'll, I'll just ask. When you were listening, so you listened to the podcast with Junior, right? Mm-hmm. When you were listening to it, him describing how your relationship started and all that, were there any parts you disagreed or you wanted to give a correction on? Or No, for the most part. I mean, all of it was right. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I don't know. Um, <laughs> I remember he like, he said something about how he like, what is it? had a dream about me when like in 2015 or something and so it was like way before we even really like got to know each other Uh um but i just want to say that he really liked me a lot (laughs) and that's all you need to know that was was evident in the podcast my wife listened to it and Uh she was like wow chini is like in love (laughs) yeah Uh, there was one specific thing i wanted to ask you about yeah um so chini described that when you were in colorado this is before you I were dating. I already know this. Uh-huh. Um, he, you guys were texting a little bit, and you texted something along right. the lines of... Let me clarify this. <laughs> actually, I don't, I don't know if this is the thing, but um, he, said, he said that you said, oh, you guys should come out and visit one day. Mm-hmm. And the question I want to ask is, were you, did you want to say you should come out? to visit (laughs) but you went back and changed it because it sounded weird to you guys no No? not at all um i really like love everyone in the band um and so i wanted them all to come and i thought it would be super weird if you came alone because at that point i was just like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. glad i got that clarified what what did you think i was gonna i thought you were gonna ask me why did you start texting him when you said Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you know, I, that, I wanted to ask that too. Yeah, because you were the one who said we're not going to talk. Yeah, right? and, yeah. And then you texted him first. So, to clarify, um, we were like intensely texting, mm-hmm. like in terms of like our testimony, like theological questions, and a bunch of stuff that would make people like each other in, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, and so I thought. I should have clarified this with him, but I thought we could still maintain like a friendship, oh. like just kind of just like see how we're doing once in a while. Mm-hmm. And but like nothing serious, because what I had messaged him about was I sent him an Instagram post showing that Chris Tomlin was coming to Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. That's all I sent. Oh. Um, but I mean, obviously, that's like confusing to the other person. But I just thought we could maybe have like a casual friendship. Mm-hmm. But it was also like two days after. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, you just wanted to turn it down a few notches he thought it was going to be a yeah. complete embargo on texting yeah um, and i was i think that was kind of my intention but i uh-huh. just really wanted to tell him things uh-huh. uh, i was like dying at certain points like <laughs> oh my gosh like i heard someone with an australian accent today and like chuni loves hill song and i really uh-huh. want to tell chuni this but like um so i just kind of made that impulsive decision of maybe we can just like keep a casual friendship mm. but yeah (laughs) okay so throughout that whole relationship when that started were you because it kind of sounded like to me from i don't think i don't know if chuni actually explicitly stated this Mm -hmm. but the way that he was talking about it it seemed clear that he had certain intentions going into Mm -hmm. it he didn't want anything like casual he you know in a sense he, he was more interested in courting you rather than just dating you right did you enter that relationship in the same mentality or were you coming from a different place yeah i i went into it like that immediately as well Mm. um something that he said on the podcast as well selena um when we both didn't know each other she said that we're both very intense people Mm -hmm. and that's like that's who we are Mm -hmm. um we're very serious and we don't like to mess around so i think um and just like talking to him in the initial part of our relationship even before we were dating i mean um there are just a lot of similarities in our stories yeah. a lot of things that just immediately clicked and it just like made sense mm-hmm. and when you ask married people like 
how do you know like that person is the one mm-hmm. like they would always say like the same cliche thing of like you just know you just know when you know yeah and i never got it until i met chuny and i was like mm-hmm. oh like you literally just know it's like it's like a weird feeling mm-hmm. um but yeah because mm-hmm. oh. when people ask me how do you know i my response is usually just well you commit to it that's a hundred percent that's i think the rest of it <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah 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 i mean obviously you need that first spark yeah yeah but then it's a ongoing choice to say hey mm-hmm. you are gonna remain the one for me yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so i'm just gonna again guys this is uns- unscripted i haven't asked her any of these questions yet so i'm just asking these questions because i'm genuinely <laughs> curious so feel free to deny answering it if it's too yeah, personal. Yeah. Okay. Is there a relationship between you guys beyond uh, the current state? Meaning, do you see marriage uh, coming around the corner, coming around the bend? Um. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, definitely not a specific timeline. Mm-hmm. And I'm also, I don't know. I just really enjoy right now. Um. I mean, I would love to like. I would love to, another chapter in our relationship to start, but mm-hmm. I'm just like not in a rush at the same time. I love not having bills to worry about together <laughs> as a couple. Worst. And, you oh. know, when you talk to married, married people, like you, you know how hard it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not a joke. Like marriage is like that much more great and that much more hard. Mm-hmm. And so I think right now we're just really enjoying where we're at right now. But, um, yeah, like we're both excited for the future as well. So the advice I give to every couple kind of on the cusp of getting engaged or whatever, I always say, hey, if there's no reason to wait, you should just go for it. And because is uh, I think when I had my daughter, it changed both my wife and my world, mm. you know, like the, our perspective, the way we think it changed everything. But another thing is the things that I'm able to do with her now, it's easier because I'm younger. Mm. You know what I mean? And Chini's not getting any, any younger. <laughs> He's not. He's um, really not. I And before she was born, uh, like four months before she was born, I had a, I was dumb. I tried doing like a skateboard trick and I sprained my ankle pretty badly. Oh gosh. Uh-huh. And it's never, my ankle's never been the same. It's still, it's been nine months now. And there are, uh, it's still not, I don't feel 100% mm. healed. Because I think things like, what if I have a son and I can't play catch with him because my yeah. body is too old and shriveled. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there for the listeners as well. If there's no reason to wait, just go for it and have kids. <laughs> kids are the best. <laughs> Babies are the best. Yeah. So, well, I, I also wanted to touch on something that I touched on with uh, um, Chuni. Wait, did we? We might not have talked about this, but... You obviously are a woman of faith. Um, how does that kind of interact with your working in the secular space? And the things that you're reporting on aren't always, you know, it, it, it can't, you can't just define it to whatever you're comfortable with spiritually, right? So you have to report on a lot of different things. Like when you were in St. Louis, you had to report on body parts being burned around you and things like that. So is that a challenge for you or... Uh, yeah, I definitely had to learn um, how to go about covering controversial things. Mm. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you can do a good job and still be a woman of faith. Like, I don't mm. think it's, um, I don't think those two things are separate. Mm. Um like, for example, if I'm reporting on a story that I don't agree with the person or, you know, just things like that, like that stuff doesn't matter. Mm. Um, but what does matter is how excellent I am in doing my job and how um, how I'm going to execute that story. And if I'm telling both sides and if I just do a good job, because mm. big picture, God has called me to that job. Um, and so if I'm doing it for God, if like the next person over is doing it for their passion, if the next person over is doing it for money, 
um, I better be doing the best job if I'm doing it for God, you know? Mm. And so in that term, in that aspect, um, yeah, I just try to kind of shut down what I'm feeling personally Mm -hmm. and do a fair job of reporting it. Mm -hmm. Do you, I don't want to say do you hide it, but is it kind of known um, around your fellow colleagues that that you are a, a Christian or... Um, I would say a good bit does because mm-hmm. they follow my Instagram. Oh, right, right. Um, but I mean, I'm sure some don't because mm-hmm. um, they'll talk about Christians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, In like a negative way? Yeah, uh, like they'll say some like really nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. But like when that happens, I just like look at them like that's kind of true because mm-hmm. um, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I try to not get like worked up or anything about it and just kind of just do my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think, so I I know you said that the local scene kind of did get to you Mm -hmm. in terms of the negative things that you were learning about, but I'm sure you see a lot of negative things nationally, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Does that get to you as badly or how do you kind of, how have you grown to kind of deal with that? Yeah. um, So I think local news made me kind of watch my back a lot in terms Mm -hmm. of like, is someone out to attack me? Is someone out to get me? Um, National news. It just breaks my heart. Um, My friends know this, but like a lot of we're the filter between us and like the public. Mm. Um, And so for me, when I'm looking for video and I'm looking for content, um, I will see the videos during shootings of kids on the ground with Mm. puddles of blood next to them. And this will never go out to the public, you know, or I will hear, I'll have to go through hours and hours of like police scanners of hearing people literally die, you know, and it's just kind of like, it gets to me. It's like over and over, it's just, it's it's exhausting. But I think it's kind of like, um, journalists have like secondary trauma a lot where it's like, you know, I'm not there. I wasn't a victim. I don't know anyone that was a victim, but why do I feel like this immense, like, you know, but it's cause, in a sense, you are experiencing yeah. it with them. Um, but I think I just, I've had to learn to just kind of let things go as soon as I leave work. Because mm. um, when I first started, I would be so obsessed to see how well stories will do. I'll try to see what stories are trending. Um, and I'll constantly be working outside of work hours. Mm. And I think that was kind of not good for me. I kind of still do it now, but I've scaled back. Um, but, you know, the news never stops and you can't not be updated with what's going on. Right. Um, so do you have to like monitor how many times your video is being viewed and things like that? I don't, but I like to, to, sh- to see why, like why, I like to see why things do well and things don't do well. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So then outside of work, like, do you do, do you have any hobbies or anything that you do to kind of, get your mind off of work um i've been into cooking right now oh yeah yeah i know uh yeah chuni last week he, <laughs> he went to your house to uh, yeah that you were cooking for him yeah he was like 10 minutes late and i was about to eat everything <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> no 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 <laughs> um but i i've been i just hanging out with friends mm-hmm. uh cooking eating <laughs> but Nothing in particular. I know you play the keys for. I do play keys. Worship settings for yes. specifically. Yes, I do do that. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> do you do that? Is that like a regular thing that you do? Or? Not as much as when I was like in middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to play like on a weekly basis, uh, but now it's more for like events if like Everest were to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Everest is the thing that you met Juni event that yeah. you met Juni in, right? So mm-hmm. what was your first impression of this guy? I literally had no interest in him. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out what race he was the whole time. Right? You know, me too. Did, did I was he... like Hispanic, Filipino. I think I asked someone on the side, like, <laughs> hey, is Juni full Korean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I didn't see him like that in any way. Um, I thought he was very scary. Really? Yeah. He has like 
have you seen him <laughs> you, you mean like just appearance wise or yeah like i think behavior? i think when he's very actually he's changed a lot mm-hmm. but in the past i think he was just very like uh cold looking it's not his oh, fault but uh-huh. he's just very like to himself and even when he would talk about certain things he's very like sharp and very like um he just like he just just tells it how it is mm. and i found that very intimidating at times mm. um so then what, what was kind of the decisive thing that made you overlook those things <laughs> so there was like this car ride um jim was there uh-huh. it was me jim and chuni and for some reason we decided to share our testimonies mm. jim still hasn't shared his by the way <laughs> so it's just me and chuni sharing wow, but there was true. just a lot of the same things Mm. and it was a moment where all even jim were like whoa (laughs) there's like a lot of like similarities and there's just a lot of upbringing yeah um so i think that's when it kind of shifted for me yeah seeing that oh this guy actually is like a human being like me kind of yeah yeah it it kind of made me like more soft towards him Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if i'm being really honest um he okay so he always like wore basketball shorts and like glasses and uh-huh. just showed up to practice like however he wanted uh-huh. but when it was time to play for base camp he he like dressed up and he put on contacts mm. and i was like wait chuni's good looking oh he <laughs> but up i nice. never realized <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> um but he always makes fun of me because he's like it was the lights and like the cameras and like you had to have all that for me for you to like me but um i just di- i genuinely didn't realize until that moment i was like mm. oh <laughs> oh wow hey that's <laughs> yeah but those kind of like two things were mm. yeah mm. so oh i i kind of wanted to i know we're kind of jumping around back and forth but it's because i keep thinking yeah no no worries because I think it's important um, for the listeners who are Asian-American that might be younger to kind of hear about how we did it, right? Um, Not saying that we have everything figured out, but for... Because I'm sure there are people out there thinking, I want to get into journalism, but I don't really know if that's a place for Asian-Americans like me. Um, Because I would have thought that just from what I see in the media, news media. So what were some of the things that you consider like you had this as an attribute, so it helped you in your career, but there were things that you had to overcome as obstacles because you had to conform to a certain way of thinking in order to, you know, be a better journalist or or, is there anything like that? Any advice like that you can give? Mm, I think my biggest thing was Sorry, let me think about mm-hmm. this. Yeah, sorry, I, it's just bringing the question. No, up, no, so. no, no, no. Um, I'm like so gassy right now. I'm so <laughs> sorry, everybody. If you hear me at any point, I'm so. If, if you can edit this, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like. I'll try my best. Um, <laughs> so advice I would give um, is see what makes other people in your field successful. I think I mm. stalked a lot of other Asian American women journalism, journalists, mm-hmm. reporters who work for um, Washington Post, women who appear on CNN. I would follow them on Twitter and see what they're writing about, see what they did, follow even like, you know, read on their bio and see what school they went to, what internships they had, and just kind of like, study the um the patterns of successful people mm-hmm. and also every opportunity you get outside of what you're required to do take it i i went on a lot of um workshops seminars oh, wow. um and connected with people from there um and everybody you meet is going you're going to somehow meet them later on in life mm-hmm. and so i think it's so important to make those connections and um just really value their relationship, not because they can give you something, but they can teach you something. And I think um, just valuing the relationship really takes you far. Mm. All the jobs I've had so far are because of my professors. Like if it wasn't for Grady, which is the um, journalism college name, I wouldn't have had some of the opportunities I had at such a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, I only got to where I am right now because 
a professor said something about me or um, someone I went to school with said something about me. And so um, when you're taking the classes and when you're um, when you're doing the lessons, like it's not a matter of can I get an A, but like this is going to make me a better journalist for my future. Um, and so really soak it in, take notes. Mm. I've By the time I was done with um, my internship in Colorado, I had like, I said internship is not. <laughs> <laughs> I had like two notebooks filled with notes. Mm. Um, always be writing down stuff. And yeah, just ask questions. Don't be afraid. Um, and just find people, find people who look like you in your field and ask for help and they will more than likely give you help. So if, if there's someone listening who wants to follow you to kind of use you as that role model, how would they do that? Instagram, <laughs> Instagram handle, Twitter? Oh, yeah. Um, just find me anywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, just anywhere. And I will more than likely help you. Um, already some girls have been reaching out to me, wow. which is very interesting because I'm like, wow, like it's, it's a very like, I love that feeling of knowing that like there are other Asian girls out there that want to go into journalism. Mm. It makes me feel really like awesome for some yeah. reason. Yeah. So do you have the same handle for everything or is it, I don't, oh Instagram gosh, I is don't know. Jane Mo. I think Instagram, I'm not sure. I think it's just look up Jane Mo. <laughs> I think it, it's either, I think it's two O's. Okay. Yeah, two O's. Jane Moo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll, I'll put it in the descriptions for the okay. episode. So yeah. You can follow her. And yeah, it's, so when people like that approach you and talk to you about it, like how do you, what, what do you do? Do you just um, answer specific questions or do you, is there like, I kind Generic of give them steps. A mm. lot of them are like about to graduate high school or like college kids. And I'll just be like, you know, like I had a broadcast journalism major, but I also had like a Korean minor and I also had a new media disciplinary certificate. Um, I also had this internship. And so it's just kind of like, if you want it, like you can't just do the bare minimum. Mm. This is what I did. I send them my resume. I send them like um, anything that I can to help them. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So Korean minor, has that has, has that been useful useful for you? No. <laughs> I always knew how to speak <laughs> Korean, but I just, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I did learn a bit more, but I didn't use it as much in my career so okay. far. Yeah. So uh, I know I've been asking all the questions uh, thus far, but did, did you have anything you wanted to talk about or any topics you wanted to cover? I should I should give all my guests this option. Yeah. This let me think. Take your time, please. You know, um, so you know how you and you said that your you and Shirley's life has like forever changed in terms yeah. of how you view the world. Uh -huh. What's changed the most after having your daughter? So, this is gonna sound really bad, but I'll say it anyways. <laughs> um, in terms of, you know, the phrase "leave a better world for your children." Mm -hmm. Before children, that phrase didn't resonate with me at all. Mm. Um, I. I I'm aware of, you know, global warming, you know, burning fuel fossils bad, all that. But always in the back of my mind, I had this thought, it's not going to get that bad while I'm alive. Mm. So who cares? But now, like whenever I see my daughter, hi, Isley. she's in the room. <laughs> hi. Oh, she's so quiet and sweet. Uh, but whenever I think about her, I, I don't want her to go through that, mm. right? So it just gives me a, a big greater sense of urgency of we need to do something to help the planet. Um, so there's a there's actually an episode I did a few weeks, a few months ago mm -hmm. um, regarding recycling. Mm. And that was motivated uh, largely in part, or actually wholly, in, it was motivated wholly by the fact that I have a daughter. Oh, wow. I don't want the oceans that she's going to have to live with mm. to be filled with plastic. You know, so just to get people to become more aware. So, so it's it's that perspective shift from the immediate mm. to the more future. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, it's yeah. I I tend to be kind of I don't want to say selfish, but um, like before I met Jesus, mm -hmm. before I, I submitted my life to Him, I I might have classified myself as a sociopath mm. in, in the sense that 
if it's not affecting me or related to me somehow, then it, it might as well not exist mm. in my in the way that I thought and process mm. things. But um, yeah, becoming a Christian really widened that scope because yeah. you know if Jesus places value on me, he places value on everyone else the same, yeah. right? Um, so that's how kind of I thought about that. But then now, um, yeah, it's just the love that I have for my daughter is mm-hmm. is just another evolution in in the form and type of love i i felt i could express Mm. and yeah because i love my daughter so much i want the world to last yeah yeah do you have like a like a specific fear for her as she grows up like in this day and age with all the issues going on yeah because you know like when we were kids Mm -hmm. like going out and playing with neighborhood kids is yeah kind of the norm yeah i don't know if i would feel comfortable like Mm. when a few years from now when she can run around and stuff I don't even know if I'll feel comfortable with her in our own, like, little neighborhood running around. Yeah. Like, the, the I guess it's kind of a version of what you went through with St. Louis, mm. but it might be because we're just so much more aware of the things that are happening in the country. Yeah. That I just fear everything outside of this household for mm. my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. I mean, but who knows? When when she gets to that age, I might be different. Like, it's because she's so tiny and small right now. Yeah, she's so fragile yeah, right so now. I'm yeah. super protective. But, For sure. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens when mm. you get there. Yeah. But definitely recommend having babies. <laughs> get, get married first, but have some babies. It's, it's the best. Yeah. Is, is there anything else that comes to mind? How are we on time? Are we okay? We're, you know, we're approaching an hour. Okay. I mean, we can go as short or as long as you want. Um, this was in the back of my mind as you were saying the um, answer to the first question. Mm-hmm. But how old were you when you met Christ? I was. I was a freshman. No, I was a freshman going into sophomore year in high school. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't grow up in a Christian family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I met Christ on my own. I actually kind of take credit for my family becoming Christian because <laughs> it kind of happened reverse domino. Really? Like I got my brother to come to church with me. Mm-hmm. My brother like got my mom and mom got yeah. my dad. So, yeah. What made you go to church? Um, if I'm being really candid and really honest, mm-hmm. um, Shirley, if you're listening, sorry, there was a girl. I thought that was cute. <laughs> so my friend invited me to a church mm, uh-huh, and there was a uh-huh. cute girl there. So I said, hey, this is fun. I might as well. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> yeah. So, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of went socially. Uh-huh. And, then, um, and then God wrecked you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, that's awesome. I think that's a, I think that's a story for a lot of people, though. I don't know if it's unique to me. I think it's because the, the people around me, they were kind of like, they grew up in it. Mm. But when you said that you were having like that thought process, I was like, oh, you had to be a lot older to even think that oh, way. Right, right. So yeah. that's why I was interested. Yeah. That's, that's interesting because a lot of the people that I know are actually, they came to Christ later in life. Really? Yeah. Like there's a Chipsanim at my church that I really look up to. He was an adamant Christ not denier. Wow. Like up until I think throughout college, mm-hmm. but then he like got wrecked and he's like one of the biggest, like he does so much for the church. Mm. And so, yeah, like people like him, I, I know a lot of people like that in my life. Mm. So yeah. all, all shapes and sizes. Yeah. 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 So uh, if, if there's nothing else that we want to talk about, um, I, I do want to mention one thing before we sign off. Zealand, so this is airing on Saturday. So, so Zealand's song is out. It should yes, be out. Zealand's Runaway Love is out on Spotify, Ooh. on Apple Music. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it anywhere you want. <laughs> Actually, one last question. Yeah. Do you do you ever get involved with Zealand? Because yeah. you have your own musical talents. So. Um, so I play keys for them at times. Um, oh. So for like Come, I played for them. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And because I'm a video producer um, and I have like, um, all the Adobe programs, I um, help make videos for them that you oh, see. Oh, is that how they make all those cool, like, graphics <laughs> yeah. and all that? Oh, that's, wow. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. But anyways, guys, listen to Zealand. Uh, li- go li- go back and listen to their song, Come, and you'll hear uh, Jane's keys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So thank you guys uh, for listening. If, if this episode resonated with you in any way, 
positive or negative. We, we appreciate every form of feedback. So you can email me at ihthtpodcast at gmail.com. That's I hope they hear this podcast abbreviated at gmail.com. Or follow me on Instagram at I hope they hear this. Uh, you can leave comments there, engage with me and other people. And also, please follow Jane, um, if only to just have someone to connect with if you're interested in the journalism field. Also, because her Insta stories are very, very interesting <laughs> and entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> you Actually, you do have a lot of funny things that you post. And the, the slime thing was, uh, you, you had like multiple videos yeah. like showing you like playing with it. So yeah, 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 it's, it's, all, it's always a good time to see those. Um, so yeah uh yeah again thank you guys for listening and, and we'll talk to you next week bye